if the enemy of our souls has his way, we'll live irritated, frustrated, rushed, hurried, defeated. God having his way, the Holy Spirit will be allowed to produce joy in our life. And we will live in the strength of that joy. I want to challenge you today, again from Galatians chapter 5. You can turn in your Bibles to that chapter, that book. And I'm going to read starting at verse 22. And just imagine if we had never seen this list. And we know that it gives us the very essence of God, the character of God. And now the Spirit comes to produce that in us, that Christ might be formed in us. But if we had not seen the list, and yet we knew God wanted to give us a description of who he is, he wanted to give the Holy Spirit to produce that in us, I don't think we would miss that number one would be love. But would we see joy as the second quality on the list? Would that be our assessment of what would come into that spot? Because as you can see, Paul writing under the inspiration of the Spirit, he says these words, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Say them with me, will you? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, that second piece is joy. If you don't hear anything else in this message, I pray that you hear this. And I pray you take it with you. Joy is at the heart of who God is. C.S. Lewis says that happiness is the very business of heaven because it's the nature of God. Our concept of God is very important. And when you think of God, do you think of joy? Do you think of happiness? To understand this is to then really understand what it means to be a Christian and to experience the relationship that the Lord wants us to have. G.K. Chesterton writes in his book called Orthodoxy uh, some important words. Matter of fact, he makes one of the most powerful statements I've ever read. And let me kind of give you the context of it. Let me set it up and then I'll read it for you. He talks about how children, they are filled with abounding vitality. They're fierce and free in their spirit. And therefore, even in simple things, they get excited and even want them repeated. So they'll say, do it again. We know what that's like as a parent. And as a parent, you do it again until you're exhausted. And he writes how children have this ability to what he calls exalt in monotony. They find joy in that simple Repeated action. He says, what happens to us as we get older, letting the world have its way, we get irritated, frustrated, rushed, and blind to the simple things, and we lose our ability to exalt in monotony. In other words, to find joy still in the simple things, we get this disease called taking it for granted. He goes on to write about the Lord himself. He says, God, he never loses his strength to exalt in monotony. 
speaking of us, he says, we have sinned and grown old. But our father is younger than we. That's the statement that just grips me. We have sinned and grown old. I define that we get irritated, frustrated, rushed, hurried, and blind to the simple things. We have sinned and grown old. And our father is younger than we. Chesterton writing of this ability of God. You see it in him saying, just do it again. He says to the sun every morning, do it again. And the sun rises. At night, he says to the moon, do it again. And the stars spread across the sky. I don't know about you, but I want to step up to this message and be very honest and make a request of the Lord that by his spirit, he would produce this kind of joy in me where I'm not part of the legions of the unjazzed. Where I say, been there, done that. For this day, the sun is up again. Breath is flowing in our lungs. Our hearts are beating. Blood is flowing through miles of veins. The birds are singing, the fish are swimming, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are still winning games. And I don't want to take it for granted. Any of it. You see what I'm saying? So to be honest with how easy it is to live disconnected from this kind of God and this kind of joy. To live with a low-grade frustration or anger. I've got to ask myself, how do you experience this? We could talk the entire message about how God is a God of joy, and then it would be obvious he would like to produce that in us. The question is how? We know that if this joy is going to function, it's not going to function just because the day is good. The day may be very unpleasant, anything but pain-free. But this is a joy that can exist right alongside suffering. I think that an authentic test of joy or a test of authentic joy is that it is in the midst of adversity. I'm not joyful once everything has been worked out, once everything has been well ordered. But I'm experiencing a joy in the midst of adversity or even pain. I've been praying through this, trying to be real with this message, and God gave me an experience this week. I was walking on this asphalt track that's behind my house, processing this message, and as I'm walking along, I see something. I've seen this before, but I guess because of what the Lord's trying to do in me and I think wanting to do in us, He he really gripped my attention when I saw this, and I, I took a picture of it. Let me show it to you. That's just an asphalt walkway, the the width of a sidewalk. And as I'm walking along, right up through the middle grows whatever that is. (laughs) And we've all seen that. But as I'm walking along and I see it 
processing and praying about this message, God seems to say, that, whatever that is, was defiant. Said, I'm going to break through anyway. Said, I'm going to keep growing. And whatever's tried to layer my progress is not going to win the day. And these words of practicing defiant joy came to my mind. That there's no way to really experience this joy, the joy of God, unless we are willing to be defiant with it. In other words, as Karl Barth said, joy is a defiant nevertheless. To where we will look at the challenges and the adversity of life and say, nevertheless, I'm going to joy in God. The God of my salvation. I'm not going to allow the joy to be taken away. I'm going to experience the joy of God right in the midst of this. And if something has come over your spirit that's as oppressive as that asphalt over whatever that is, may you also just determine in your heart as the Holy Spirit works and produces joy, you will practice defiant joy right in the midst of perhaps an unpleasant season. That you will keep growing. You will keep keeping on. You will get to the breakthrough. You will get through this. Go back to the picture if you will. It won't be easy and it won't be quick. But by God's strength, you will get through this. Joy, this kind of joy, produces this resolve. And we realize that this day is really an awesome day. Strategically trying to walk in this joy means we're going to celebrate today. Not that it's easy or pain-free, but it's all we have. Yesterday's gone. All of the days of the past are irretrievably gone. I don't know if tomorrow's coming. So easy to live from the past to the future and miss right now, which is all we have. Celebrate today. Celebrate this day. Because this is what we have. We're breathing. Blood is flowing through our veins. The sun has risen. And we will not allow this present moment to pass without a recognition that it's a gift. And that even our presence is a testimony to a faithful God. And maybe this is the day you break through. Maybe this is the day it finally changes. Maybe this is the day the oppressive hand is lifted off of you and you walk in the freedom. But I want to tell you, if you don't... Focus on the potential of this day. It will not happen. But if you do, then like the scripture says, you'll find something special today because this is the day according to the word. This is the day that the Lord has made. 
The Bible doesn't say yesterday is the day that the Lord has made. It doesn't say tomorrow is the day that the Lord has made, so I'll rejoice in it. No, right here and right now. Today is the day. You see, once you realize that joy is right in the midst and alongside of adversity, nothing has to change for this joy to be produced and for me to possess the opportunity to exalt in monotony. The grind can get you. The same old, same old can get you. Or we can turn it into praise. We can turn it into an offering of thanksgiving as a gift. Because today is a gift. Right now is a gift. You probably woke up in the same bed. Got up in the same house. Got ready in the same clothes. And drove the same car down the same roads to the same church. And you're listening to the same pastor who's going to preach a long time today. And you're in the same seats, in the same building. Here we are again, and we can let the grind get us. We can let this be same old, or we can say, you know what? Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow, I don't know if it's going to come, but we do have right now. The sun is high, and we have breath in our lungs, and blood is flowing through our veins, and we will joy in the God of our salvation. Celebrate today. You want to practice some defiant joy? Celebrate this day. If there's great challenge in your world right now, this is a season of difficulty, I challenge you, experience joy in the midst of it. Nehemiah, he asked Ezra to stand and teach. The wall had been rebuilt. The people's lives were being restored. The city was starting to function. The people of God were once again uh, moving forward in progress. But when Ezra read the word, they started crying and grieving. And in their grief, Nehemiah stood and said, Wait a minute. This is a holy day. And he said, Stop your grieving and start celebrating for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The people were looking at who they were in light of the word and realizing how far they had to go and had forgotten how far they had come. They were starting to see perfection and, and connecting their celebration to perfection rather than progress. And the same thing can happen in our culture. God has never called us to celebrate perfection. He has called us to celebrate progress. I've taught this, let me repeat it again. We've got a long way to go. When we see ourselves in light of the word and the Christ that wants to be formed in us, we have a long way to go. But I want to say today, look how far we have come. I don't care what the progress level is in your life. If, there, if there's an inch of progress, if there's a quarter of an inch of progress, celebrate it. Because when you do, it releases joy and joy produces strength. And strength is what we need to keep moving forward. If I'm going to practice defiant joy, and I'm, I'm going to press through, then I'm opening my heart to the Spirit producing joy right alongside difficulty. 
And I realize that here on this side of heaven, the two can coexist. There is a day where every tear will be wiped from our eyes. There is a day coming where sorrow will be no more. But until that day, we don't have to live defeated or oppressed. Right in the midst of our challenge, we have a God who by His Spirit will produce joy that is real, that is authentic, and it produces strength for the journey. Strength for the journey. Celebrate this day. Celebrate progress. Don't allow this taking it for granted disease to overwhelm you. Find joy in the simple things. Find joy in the basic things. Find joy in things that may just pass by unless you're focused. This is a word practiced more than preached. I will tell you that to really experience joy in the midst of difficulty, it takes more than a strategy. Strategically, we can say celebrate today because it's a gift. And it is. Strategically, we can say, celebrate progress. That creates fresh joy and that creates strength. And it does. That's strategic. But you have to have more than a strategy in this world. There has to be something that creates the level of motivation to experience the blessing of this day. There has to be something that creates that resolve to be defiant in my joy. To say to the devil or sickness or hardship, nevertheless, I will praise him. Something has to energize that potential. And I just want to be very honest with you. That's not something I have within me, in my flesh nature. This isn't something we just have within us. This is going to have to come from the God who is in us. But what, what releases that kind of strength we need? And it's, to me, it's worship. Because when you're going through some challenges, the first thing that it, it will still is your worship. There's nothing more powerful in our lives to adjust our perspective that then can open our heart to the Lord's presence than worship. The Bible talks about worshiping the Lord every day. Because in that experience, we find that he doesn't just give answers. Hear this, he is the answer. Paul said, I've been hungry. And then I've had seasons where I had more than enough to eat. He said, I've had seasons where I've been in prison and life was as miserable as it could get. And there have been times where life couldn't be any better. But he said, in all of this, I have learned, there's the lesson, to be content. It is after that that Paul writes these words. 
For my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. We would, if not careful, think that Paul's saying, okay, he was hungry, so God gave him food. He was miserable, so God set him free to a more comfortable life. But that's not what happened, and that's not the message. He learned that God was his portion. Not God's answers, but God himself. The way you challenge people in a four-chapter book over 18 times to rejoice, and you're writing that from prison, is because you've learned about a God who can give joy right alongside of suffering. Paul challenged us to rejoice through his tears, in spite of his pain. No doubt he wished he would have been in a different setting, but he wasn't. And he took that pen and he wrote, inspired of the Spirit, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. And I had to come face to face with that passage and ask myself, you know, just how am I doing living up to that? And I had to say, Lord, I must grow. I must learn. So I encourage you today to know that worship Put your eyes on Jesus. It focuses your heart to his presence. And you find that he is all you need. I was raised in church and one of the songs that we sang over and over was the chorus, He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. But my experience, my reality, really said, I do need him, but there are several other things I need as well. And I need him to do them, and then I'll be happy. Lord, help me to realize you are all I need. And then I'll exalt. Even in simplicity. Or monotony. I'll be jazzed. And you'll say, Ron, what's going on in your life? Nothing has happened. I'm just experiencing him. Hmm. Stir it up in us. Would you close your eyes in his presence and sing this with me? He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus. Is all I need. Sing it again. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all. 
worship him for a moment. We just love you, Jesus. We turn our hearts to you. We turn the eyes of our heart to you. Sometimes we look at the giant rather than looking at the greatness of who you are. We will turn our eyes from the circumstance and we will worship you. We will acknowledge that there are challenges, but you are greater than every one of them. And you're all we need. We don't even ask for an answer. We just ask for you. We receive you as the answer. We rest in you. We delight ourselves in you. For you are a strong tower. You are a shelter. You are a present help in the time of need. You are a shepherd. You are a healer. You are all and more. We worship you today. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. The very bread you've given me, Lord, I'm going to use it to declare that you are good and you are worthy. And I worship you from a heart of thanksgiving. I joy in you, the very God of my salvation. You have forgiven me. By your grace, you have saved me. You have given me gifts and purpose. I just want to praise you today. I worship you. I give you glory. Nothing has been able to separate us from your love. Every challenge of the enemy has fallen short. You are a great God and in control this very day. You're our portion. You're our portion. Sing it. He's all I need. He's all. Oh, give him the greatest and the highest. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is all. Everything. I, I praise you, Lord. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus. Praise the 